Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. I believe we have entered in... It's almost as if God's restoring the church, restoring the church, restoring the church from the dark ages. Remember, the dark ages happen when a theology of we're going to dominate the earth and because this is a true religion, Constantine, they were losing a war and, they, and the guy, Constantine was like, if we win this based on your God, whoever it was they were talking to, I'm not sure, I have to go look it up, then we will become a Christian nation. And what happened is they won the war. So Constantine took all of their pagan holidays and put a saint's name on them. Or he changed when Christmas, he changed the day of the Lord's birth. He changed uh, everything but Easter and Passover pretty much. And they made up new names for everything. Well, they changed the Resurrection Sunday to the name Easter, which was about a fertility God, which is why they use rabbits because rabbits have a lot of babies. (laughs) So just so you know. And so everything went, and as soon as this great thing happened of a, whole everybody's going to be Christians they the leaders took away the Bibles or the word of God and all of a sudden you couldn't um, read it anymore because you weren't smart enough you had to have the the people in high authority in the church explain it to you and all of a sudden their explanation was all about money and you had to pay money uh, when you send, and you had to pay money. What are they? Penance. You had to pay penance for things, and they started the all the different rituals you had to go through. Okay, and it only took a generation, pretty much, to be gone, and the word of God to be out, to be out of people's hearts. And through that whole dark ages, you had times. Uh, you had some. Myst- they called them mystics. They were people who were led of the Holy Spirit. Uh, even during those times, who still knew God and wrote some powerful books. Most of them were imprisoned or uh, executed because they'd have encounters with God and they'd try to share it. Okay, so that's what happened when the whole church decides everybody has to be Christian. Well, we have theology out there right now in the prophetic movement, really big theology. Um, And they believe we're going to dominate the earth. Now they believe it because they've encountered God and they see how good he is. And they think if, if everybody could know how good he is, if we could just reveal him the way he is, everybody will get saved. Well, every, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. God's not going to prove who he is. People, there are people who don't want God. Even if they know he's real. So, and you can get in scriptures and God talks about a remnant. He talks about a harvest of souls. It's never ever in scripture greater than how many people don't go to heaven. 
because the fallen nature of man wants to be his own God. Amen? So I believe part of the shaking we're going through is because the prophetic move of God, which is supposed to take us, prepare us for the apostolic move. Now let me tell you what the apostolic is, okay? The apostolic, and let, me, let me just explain because it'll be good to have this on video. All right, at the dark ages, no one could read a Bible. You had to hear what somebody else had to say about Jesus. It got so messed up, they began to worship Mary. Amen? And they twisted scripture, and they put all the people in extreme bondage of religion. Okay? And all of a sudden, Christianity was not about a relationship with God led by the Holy Spirit with all the pure truth from the apostles, which you can go and read a lot of that, you know, in the word of God. And then you see, you know, all that's gone. And now there's a man-made idea of religion that has to do with do this and you'll get this. And these are the consequences for this. So anyway, so basically what happened is there was a time of, of, of uh, horrible things, killing, just the whole dark ages. Then there's this person named Martin Luther. And he has an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, the movie that was out about it is so good, but it's hard to find it out. It's really older. But it was supernatural how God broke through to him and revealed himself to him. And we all know something major had to happen, right? So he broke free from Catholicism. And even, you know, the thing he put on the door of the church of why they were wrong. And he started what we call today the Protestant church. Okay, the first thing God restored when they broke away from religion, what's the first thing that we saw? Pastors were restored first, okay? Not apostles, pastors. That's all you had were pastors. You didn't have teachers yet. You didn't have prophets. You didn't have apostles. Why? Because nobody had the word of God to even study, to hear what the Holy Spirit is showing them or teaching them. I'm not saying that that gifting wasn't in people, but it wasn't the first, it wasn't restored yet. So pastors were restored. What's a pastor? What's a real pastor? Not Because they were restored first, everybody thinks everybody who oversees a church is a pastor. It's not true. I'm not a pastor. Just so you know, if, if you've known a real pastor, then you know I'm not one of them. Okay? It was like, amen. Okay, Greg, Greg really had a pastor anointing. Okay, what's a pastor? Okay, what did Martin Luther do? He broke free from organized religion and God, first of all, placed in place someone who, who was about relationships and small, and, and small groups coming together and seeking the Lord together and all about the body, the community, all about a community of believers who really want to go after God together. That's what a pastor does. So a pastor, a true pastor cannot have a, cannot, no one can pastor a large group of people. Okay. A pastor is someone who is personally in your life. And so the Sunday school teachers are somewhat pastors. Um, if you have, I'm a pastor, if you want to say, to, to the staff, to those who are really close. Like we all talk if somebody's going through something. And there's a handful of other people who know I'm their pastor. Because it's supernatural, right? It's supernatural. God puts pastors in your, in your life. 
It's who you would call if you really need it, uh, someone to encourage you and someone pastors really walk in a strong gift of encouraging and building you up and helping you walk through things. Now you got to be careful because pastors can easily go over into codependency and try to do everything for you and not let you get the correction of the Lord. They can be very divisive actually if uh, let's say an overseer has more of a prophetic anointing. Okay, so you get what I'm saying? So what, isn't that awesome? It's like that's who the Lord chose to restore first of his fivefold ministry because he wanted to get this back about relationships. I want to tell you, you need to get healed if you can't have relationships with people. You need to go to God and say, Lord, help me to be a person who can receive from people and pour out to people, heal any place in my heart that has a hard time with relationships. Amen. Because that's what this is really about. That's what's so exciting about Beauty for Ashes. Because, we, you know, as we're a small church and, and if it grows or however God does it, we're still going to have, there's small groups who get together. The retreats, when we go on the retreats, it's more of a pastoring kind of experience because a few people get together and get to talk and get to know each other and pour into each other's lives. Amen? The men have started a men's group on every the first and third Thursday night of the month. So it's going to be this Thursday. From that group, there should emerge a pastor. Okay? There should emerge a pastor. It doesn't mean, I, 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 we'll see. These gifts are not, I signed up for this. Amen? Gifts are something that God places in his body. He calls them gifts. They don't have to be on a payroll and they were never on a payroll in the early church. Amen. They're actually, they just flow that way. They just flow that way. Amen. If you're the kind of person who always likes to talk one-on-one -on -one with people and you really like to come alongside people and, and help them through things and encourage them. If you're one of those people, you have a pastor gifting. Now, every parent should have a little bit of a pastor gifting because you are a pastor to your children. It's that part of your heart that wants to hear what's going on with them and help them solve things. And most, well, let me just say John and I have that. So I hope most of you have that as parents. And if not, you need to pray to get that some. So, so that's the kind of anointing. It's the youth, pa youth pastors are one of the ones that are really pastors. When somebody rises up and they want to take the youth places, they want to help the youth see things. Um, we need some pastor hearts. We need some pastor hearts for those young kids that have been coming from the mobile home park who really need somebody to come alongside them and, and encourage them and build them up. Ryan had that heart for a while um, and was really in that way pastoring those kids, but he's going through a season of getting more healing in his heart. God has used that situation and those relationships to cause people to go deeper in their past and bring healing. Can we quit running away from what God is doing to make us face the things that Satan has done in us so he can make us whole? God wants us whole. So, so I want you to understand the pastor idea. I want you to pray about, Lord, do I have that kind of calling? Am I supposed to do more small group thing? It's not about, oh, I've got to tell everybody what to do. It's about a heart that really, really, really listens to other people, really cares about what's going on with them. And when we get our Tuesday night small groups going again, it would be nice to see real pastors emerge. People who really go home and pray about that group. People who really want to know. The same thing needs to happen in the men's group. Rather, however it goes, there needs, it's already a small group. Who has a heart to really 
to really help those people understand Christ and who he is to build up and edify. Now, I love that God has a five-fold ministry he's been restoring because God does, want, does not want covering doctrine, He doesn't, which came out of Catholicism. He doesn't want you looking to a person. He wants you looking to him and people are to come alongside you in your life. All five-fold ministry gifts God poured out is to help others connect to the headship of Jesus Christ and have their own relationship. Okay, now that's not to become an independent person on your own and you don't have to do this body thing that God has. An independent spirit comes from woundedness and you don't want anybody telling you what to do and how to do it and nobody better rebuke you and you better be, when Robin Bullock comes, because he has the same exact gifting as me and a little more bold with it, if y'all can believe that. And so don't be surprised if God doesn't come into this house and, and I don't talk, just so you know, I don't talk to these people anything. Prophetic people, apostolic people, I don't tell them anything because I want to hear straight from God. Um, one time we had a prophet come in and he had no idea about the mess that was going on here with some things happening, um, with a divisive thing happening in the church. Unintentionally, everybody's hearts were right. Everybody wanted to do what was right, but they couldn't see clearly the hurt places in them and how it wasn't honoring what God wanted to do. And so that person really set it in order and knowing nothing and people really repented and cried and got it right. Amen. So it's exciting when a guest comes who's really led of the Holy Spirit. So just so you know, if he calls out your lunch, I didn't tell him your lunch. Okay. All right. I'll wait to do my conversing after, uh, after the meeting's over. And I'm like, you wouldn't believe how well you hit that. <laughs> anyway, so I just want you just to know that because you don't want the devil to come and say, that Cindy said something and that's why. I, I don't, believe me, I don't really think about all that and I'm not gonna sit there and tell an awesome speaker coming in all of your problems or my problems or anybody's problems, amen? Let's just find out what God wants. I may say the miracles that God has done because he's done a lot of miracles here. All right, so we need to begin to pray Lord, do I have a pastor's heart? How does that work? A pastor's heart is someone who really, really, um, really want to pour into other people's lives. They, they just, they're, they're going to be somewhat social, but not necessarily big social. They usually like smaller groups. So everybody who's doing a home Bible study, there's, they're probably a pastor. Okay, they want those few people and they want to know what to do. But let me say this. You don't need to do a home Bible study when there's a church that's looking for pastors like us, okay? Because you could just want to do a home Bible study because you have an independent spirit and you want to start your own thing. Now, I'm not saying God can't have you do that, but you need to pray and see what's going on because we're looking for people who want to pastor and we want people who have a heart to pastor. You have to go through the whole part of walking through things with people, amen, of learning how to submit the way God puts in his word to submit. So you got to be careful not to run off and do an independent thing because this isn't a church where you're controlled. Just so you know, does anybody, I didn't even know what was going to happen this morning. So how can I control? You could ask anybody who works in this ministry or has, I tell them nothing. Ask Tina, Tina, how controlling am I before you come on Tuesdays? It's <laughs> like almost not helpful even <laughs> like Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? How, how many times have I called the worship team and said, I want you to do this or this? Like, Kara's like, are we doing it? Do you know? I don't know. What do you know? All right. 
Same thing, uh, we just brought uh, Sarah on to help oversee the children's ministry, um, a position Laurie used to have. You can ask Laurie. I never told her anything to do, did I, Laurie? <laughs> She'd be like, give, give me some idea. I'll tell them, you know, what I think needs are. We need these kids to know how to operate in the kingdom. We need to quit being Sunday school sweet, in a sense, and teach them how to operate in the real world because not everybody's going to be homeschooled and not everybody's going to be in Christian school. Amen? And even if they are homeschooled in Christian school, doesn't mean they're not going to come into the influence. We need to have real discussions in children's church that God made them male and female. And what does that mean? And why would anybody think otherwise? We need to actually really step it up in children's ministry. Um, and not, I think we already do this, but to really start dealing with some issues and just don't make it a big deal. Just add it into the normal thing you're teaching because you have to be relevant to the culture that you're in if you're going to help these kids and, and adults and teenagers. Parents, you need to get this. Your kids know all about this mess going on in their schools. And then you don't even talk about it as a Christian parent. And so, so they just think you're ignorant. You need to sit down and have a conversation about what is uh, going on with the whole gender thing. What is going on with this and that? You need a really open communication with your children. And you need to pray for that pastor's kind of heart to have that. Sometimes it's fun to shock your kids. You just say something so blunt, they're like, don't, it's like, don't act like that. I know you've seen a PG-13 movie before, you know. And, and so they, they kind of get away with faking it that, that, we, that you think they're all that innocent. You can't be all that innocent in that world, people. And the more that you won't talk to them about it and be real about it and get out of your comfort zone about it, the more deceived you are and they're laughing or having a great time just being like the world and you don't even know it. You need some real, real conversations and you need some real Holy Ghost discernment. God would show me a lot of times when our kids were up to something and, I, and I'd catch them or he'd convict them so bad, you know, they'd have to come and tell us when they didn't get caught. That's the Holy Spirit. Get the Holy Spirit in your family's big time right now. Amen. So, so that's about pastoring. So you, everyone uh, has some calling towards a pastor if you're a parent. So after pastors were restored to the church, these things have been restored. Then God restored um, evangelists. Okay. Evangelists have a heart for souls. They want a revival meeting every night. They go in, they do an altar call. They're all excited. They think everything's been done. And the truth is it'll only be done if, if somebody comes along and really uh, pastors that person. If someone comes along and teaches that person, because getting saved is, is, uh, is awesome. It's powerful, but you can be a Christian with Holy Spirit in you and have no idea how to walk with God, no idea how to live this, no idea to read your Bible. And truthfully, um, if, if you're not good ground, if nobody's helping to make you good ground, a, a good place to grow and mature, you actually could walk away from that salvation. Can you do that? Yes. There's a lot of scriptures. If you continue to sin, there's nothing to save you. Okay. So let's be real. If there's a real salvation, just because a seed is planted doesn't mean that that seed is taking root. It doesn't mean that that seed is growing. And God says you'll know them by the fruit. God says those who really know him have, y'all must have talked about this. <laughs> those who really know him, there's going to be fruitfulness. So a seed being planted is not necessarily a salvation conversion. There's nothing in the Bible 
just so you know, there is no prayer in the Bible that saves people. There's no altar call in the Bible that the evangelists have patented <laughs> to say, look how many people got saved. Real salvation is only known when you can see the fruit. Amen? And so there's a lot of people you think there's salvation. Now there's going to be some fruitfulness. It doesn't mean there might not be some walking away and tossed and turned with every wind of doctrine. But I think we need to quit pretending everybody's saved. Okay, we need to really get serious about seeing that fruitfulness. And we can't do it in fear. We have to do it in love and prayer and seeking the Lord and asking God to really, really touch them. But I do believe it takes a lot to get the Holy Spirit to leave someone. I saw my boys prophesy when they were young. It was real. The whole church paid attention. It was amazing. I saw them evangelize. Amen. I saw them move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't somebody taught them how to do that. It, they weren't trying to impress anybody. It was normal life to them. And I know that I know Holy Spirit lives in them. Amen. And even if they walk through some seasons of questioning things and this and that, I know that Holy Spirit lives in them and I know they have not told him to leave. Now, if they cross a line and continue just to live a sinful life and don't acknowledge him or they totally tell him to leave, which you pray they don't ever do that, then, then you better be praying for that prodigal. Amen. But the prodigal did come home in the scripture. Amen. But you need to know that they had to really have real fruit in their lives and they need to not cross that line where they continue to sin and they're not interested in God. And so we need to keep all that in really prayer. So, so the evangelist really comes. If you're in a church where an evangelist oversees the meeting and they don't have um, the other ministries going, that church will have very shallow teaching. It's always about salvation. It's always about salvation. It was, I believe, when God brought forth the Baptist church, which is awesome, big church, it was really an evangelical church. Their whole message is, or was, I haven't been in one in a long time, is get saved, get saved, get saved. Amen? They're just, everybody gets saved. And then very little understanding of the deeper things of God. Now, I'm not saying there's a lot of people who've matured in, in the teaching and that kind of church but do you see what I'm saying we, we've been to churches John and I in the past where it was evangelical everything's about salvation and yet the people they're all there's sickness nobody knows how to believe for a healing there's um, nobody's baptized in the Holy Spirit they have an intellectual debate on if it's real I mean there's all these things going on where there's no faith involved amen so but we need evangelists right why first we need some people in place who want to see the Bible real in people's lives. They want to see people know God. That's the pastors, okay? They've got to be there first before God's going to send out the evangelists and start saving people, right? So here we have a long season of immaturity in the church, but people really getting saved, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord, and then getting together for almost a social club sometimes because a pastor who doesn't understand how powerful a teaching, teaching is needed and prophetic is needed. And then and as we get ready to go into the apostolic, the power of God is needed. Okay? So then, now, so... It's not been that long, you guys, that these things have been restored. It, each thing was a longer span of time between, or it's getting smaller. But so, we, so the evangelist, 
Uh, that's where all that's when you really saw a move of the Baptist Church coming forth and I don't have the history in front of me I didn't know I was doing this but it hasn't been that that long ago so after that God restored the teaching anointing okay the faith movement is part of the teaching anointing all right the word the word the word the word the word the teaching anointing is also when all the books came out do you know before the teaching anointing, you didn't have guests come into the church? Then all of a sudden with the teaching anointing, you actually had guests come into the church. You had um, teachers come in and teach. You begin to have the end time teaching come forth. All the different areas of teaching in the word of God begin to come forth. Amen? Guys, that's not been that long ago. Amen? So, and that was probably, I don't know, I'd have to go look details, but 60, 70 years of God really restoring, um, well, probably, probably about 40 years, probably about 40 years of God restoring the teaching. What does the teaching anointing do? This isn't a hard question. This isn't a trick question. <laughs> teach, okay? It's a teaching anointing and it brings forth teaching. But what, what is a biblical way of renewing your mind, Okay? So I want you to get this. The teaching, hello, the teaching anointing is to renew your mind. It is to get the word of God into your brain. Amen? It's to get God's word into your brain. It's to get God's word into your brain. So the teaching anointing was really, really important to come and be restored to the church. See, all this was gone during the dark ages. Just so you know, nobody was telling people that Jesus Christ was real and he needed to come and live in your heart. It was all rules and religion. None of the other stuff mattered how many know that's still out there everywhere amen and so God had to raise up somebody who would take care of people and recognize how important it was to have a Holy Spirit how important it was to believe the word of God um, the word of God then was printed so we could read it the enemy hates that the whole idea of the dark ages is get the word of God out of the hands of the people of God don't let anybody know what God really said and certainly Make fun of and mock anyone who knows the Holy Spirit. So this is just an intellectual religion. How many know there's still too much just an intellectual religion about Christianity today? So God's restoring. So I just want you to see this whole thing of what's going on. So we've been through the teaching. If you don't believe me, look at the thousands of books back there that I've read a lot of them. And you need to be reading and you need to go back to some of the books God wrote during the teaching movement, not so much everything prophetic, prophetic, prophetic. Some of you don't even know some of the basics, and yet you're out running around, you know, with all the prophetic. There's, there is a lot of mess in the prophetic. So you have better be born again, have someone who's pastoring you, someone who, who's going to hold you accountable to things, who, who cares enough, amen, who'll bring rebuke and say, you know, you're getting off track. This isn't like uh, run out and do whatever you want. This is run out and do what God wants. Amen? And then you need to, of course, be, you need to be born again and understand what that means and understand that that is key. No one can get anywhere, <laughs> including into heaven, unless they be born again. So we need to understand that for us, for our children, for the people, for the movie stars and all the different people you listen to. And I mean, some of these people are into some crazy stuff and they're not born again. Amen. What is it to be born again? 
God's own spirit comes and lives inside of you and you are no longer just a human being. You are now, according to God's word, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Do you get that? You are not just a human being. And some of the stuff arguing out there nowadays, where's the church? It's human being law. It's just intellect um, arguing. See, I know Holy Spirit lives in me. Oh, yeah, he knows it too. Amen. And he's an awesome, fun God. And he is the one who leads the sons and the daughters. The Bible says the sons and the daughters are led by the Holy Spirit. They're not led by the fivefold ministry. They are led by the Holy Spirit, but they are ministered to, built up and edified and equipped and even rebuked and corrected by the fivefold ministers. Amen? So I just want to get this clear. You're not out there on your own because that's not how God set it up. He says he did this to bring us to full maturity. And there is a bunch of people out there thinking they're so wild in God. They don't even go to church. He says, do not forsake the fellowshipping together of the saints as they're going to do in the end times. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a real deal that God has been restoring nice and slowly and correctly on purpose. And so if you come in to just one of the restoration parts and you just don't need the rest, you are in great danger of really being messed up. And that's happening. That's happening. Now, when people say go back to the basics, I'm not going to go back to the elementary teachings. There's nothing called basics in scripture. Let me say, I've never left the elementary teachings, but I add to the elementary teachings led by the spirit of God so I can mature and become that spotless bride. Amen. So this isn't about, okay, take away all the deeper stuff. Everybody go back here. It's about when you build, mm, thank you, Lord. How, okay, how many know there's no one, I mean, there may be a once in a while an exception, but not, not telling anything. Everyone goes to first grade second grade you might get to skip a grade but that's only because you studied on your own or you're hurt on your own or you know how to catch up with things but no one comes out of the cradle and they're in 12th grade I mean, I mean you may skip a grade here and there you may have a higher IQ or you know your parents pour let me say this even if your parents pour into you more so you skip a grade you don't really skip a grade they just gave it to you earlier they just put the time into that. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why do we think in the things of God, we get to skip all that he took the time to restore? Which began with pastor. Which means all of you just watching and never going to church anywhere, go find a pastor. Amen? Go find a place with a pastor. Go find a place where there is people who pour into you, who understand and and it's going, there's, there's plenty of people here who operate as pastors. Okay, you don't have to have a title. You know who you are. You talk to certain people. You help people see things. You know you can call Karen pastors, Nicole pastors, I pastor, um, Rennie ought to pastor. Because um, <laughs> Rennie has that calling and he knows it. Just <laughs> just came out, Rennie. Um, Amen. I have no question once Ryan rides through the season he's in, he's going to have a pastoring gifting. He already had it for the kids at the mall home park. Amen. One thing about pastoring, God's going to keep you maturing and maturing and changing and changing so you can help other people get to that place. Amen. 
Amen. That pastor anointing won't let go. Right, Margaret? I don't care. You can tell somebody off and that pastor anointing is going to be right at the door with flowers and a card saying, how are you feeling today? Come on, you can win this. You can do this. The pastor anointing is like, you can do this. Hang in there. Do you know what? We would not have suicide rates so high in our nation if people would get back to church and find real pastors for their children and if parents would recognize the pastoring position they're in in their homes. You cannot blame society for anything if you're a born-again believer. A born-again believer hears God and, and does what God wants done. The church has always been, if you want to say, a subculture within a culture. Go read the book of Acts. They're running all the time. They are subculture within a culture. It wasn't until the dark ages when they became the cult, when the culture sucked them up and made them think that that was the church. Amen. So right now, our culture is trying to suck us up and make us think that we're relevant, unessential, and they have the truth. And let's use a few Bible scriptures. And it's working on a lot of our population because we have failed to recognize what God's been restoring and made that a priority in our own lives and in the lives of our kids. Amen? And God's like, get this thing together. Understand what he's doing. We get the understanding. Because I even asked the Lord. I said, why didn't you restore apostles first so we could have power and authority? And he said, because they wouldn't know what to do with it unless they go through the entire restoration process. See, he's smart. God is a smart God. Amen? Jesus was the entire restoration process, if you want to say that, to his disciples. That's why he could start them off as apostles. And because he was pure and holy and powerful and mighty, it only took him three and a half years to get them to such a place to trust the Holy Spirit, to hear the Holy Spirit, to walk in, such, in the place of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But he's just been restoring all of us out of complete dark ages, complete religion, complete intellectualism, completely this thing being more about what's in our, what is intellectually okay with us. See, the things of the spirit, the carnal mind cannot understand. And a lot of the stuff going on right now with the, this Bible teacher against this one and this prophet against this one is because you're watching the carnal minded, the really renewed minds, but they don't have that deeper, deeper understanding how powerful God is, how real he is. And you can't have that unless he walks you through some things and you, and you embrace them and, and receive truth in them, not twist them to say what you want them to say about you. So then, so then we have God's restoring. So in, in, my, my, in my adult life, God has been restoring the prophetic. I didn't say pathetic, the prophetic. Kind of switched in there a little bit. That was not me. All right. Now, now I want you to see the teaching movement was awesome. There's power in the word of God. Don't ever get into the prophetic and leave behind the word. And don't ever leave behind the need to see uh, people saved. And don't ever leave behind the need to gather together and hang out with other believers who are caring for you, who see things, who recognize things. Amen? Because that's how it works. And so the prophetic 
was pretty fun. I mean, if you got to be an adult entering into the prophetic move of God, and some of you haven't entered in there, and I encourage you, get in the word and say, yes, I'm going to believe this. Yes, I'm going to believe this. Yes, I'm. the word of God is God telling you, this is how my kingdom works. It's not for you to intellectually debate it. It's not you for you to say that can't be possible. Okay, he's not asking you. He's not asking you to go back to Catholicism where you just make up stuff and rules and regulations and put a few scriptures in there. His word is telling you how it's set up. Now I want to encourage you, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John first. That's what I tell new believers or anybody who wants to start over. Like, you know, I want to really get this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four witnesses to the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Four eyewitnesses to what he said, what he did. When you read those, ask the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Don't be the old creation where everything's just intellectual. Amen? Because then it's all going to sound like fairy tales and this can't be real and how could this happen? And then, then God's going to keep throwing you in situations where you see the impossible, but your intellect's going to come and try to somehow, I don't know, what do you do with an intellect when God does the impossible? It's funny how you just kind of pretend that didn't happen or something. It did happen. God intervened in the natural with the supernatural. Praise God. Amen. Let me tell you something. God intervened with the natural you when you got born again. And all of a sudden the natural you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And guess what it says? The old way of doing things has passed away. So if you're still doing things the old way, you need to tell your intellect to bow its knee to the Son of God. And you need to recognize the Holy Spirit lives in every born-again believer. And quit patting yourself on the back for the good stuff you do. If, it's, if you're changed and you've changed anywhere and you get along with your mom now and you didn't before, quit thinking you did that. If you weren't reading a self-help book, it wasn't you. If all of a sudden the Holy Spirit kind of started convicting you and showing you and this is right and somebody could talk to you and all of a sudden you'd have ears to hear, can we admit that's the Holy Spirit? Let's just say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being real. Forgive me when I didn't acknowledge you and give you your glory. Sometimes we start to think it's us. You didn't change you. You didn't raise your kids well. Holy Spirit did if it happened well. Amen. You didn't keep your marriage together. If you got a marriage that stayed kept together, Holy Spirit did it. And don't say it was Holy Spirit who messed yours up. Repent and say, I wasn't listening to Holy Spirit. Maybe now I should. Amen. We just got to recognize. We got the spirit of the living God inside of us. Constantly keeping us in communication with God. How cool is that? I'm in constant communication with God. You can be. Some of you are. Some of you are sometimes. It's not like, come now. You're either born again and he's in there or, he's, or you're not born again and he's still trying to get you. Amen? Can y'all get it? God in you, the hope of glory. God in you, gonna order your steps. God is in you. 
God is in you. It's not about God in somebody else and you follow them. And if they want you to follow them, Paul says, imitate me as you watch me live out my life in Christ. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Well, gosh, you know, when Cindy has a problem, she really prays. She gets scripture. She seeks the Lord. She goes wherever he shows her. Okay, fine. Do whatever he shows you like I do whatever he shows me. Amen? Well, you're boastful. I'm not boastful. I'm just honest. I am sold out. Amen? I am sold out. I don't want anything but God. That's why no matter what's going on now, I'm not afraid. If this was the end days of the end days of the end days and the people who believe that we're going to be raptured out of here were wrong and there's some really powerful Bible teachers who don't believe that we're going to be raptured out of here. So if they're right, I'm okay with it. Because he still promised me his wrath isn't going to come on me. At the same time, I can read the book of Acts and I can see those guys went through some hard stuff. But I also see Stephen being stoned to death in a painful way, but glorifying God and seeing Jesus. Amen? So it doesn't matter to me except for truth. Now I can have the way I believe based on the word, but guess what? He's not going to change it based on, oh, Cindy believes it's going to be this way. Okay. Oh, dang, Perry Stone thinks it's going to be this way. Oh, <laughs> Irvin Baxter, who now knows because he's in heaven, <laughs> thought it was going to be this way, right? Oh, Bill Johnson thinks it's going to be this way. And he, okay, he says it again. Oh, which one should we pick and make right? He already knows. It's already settled. One thing that's settled is no one will know the day and hour. Amen. It's settled. Amen? All right. He, he, he set it up this way, okay? He's not trying to give you an intellectual walk through life. Where am I at? Where am I at? Oh, this is happening now. He's not, he's not, he's not doing, oh, okay, get this. You know of this new creation in Christ that you are? That part, that you lives forever. So there is no real end time. There's just a transition into a glorified body. I'm either going to live, I'm going to live in this body that needs exercise. Pretty bad right now. <laughs> I'm either going to live in this body until I don't. And when I don't, whatever happens to this body, so y'all, some of y'all are really younger than me. I don't care what you, just be polite, but I don't care what happens to this body. I will be out of it. And I will get a glorified body from God. Amen. But I will never die. The real me, my spirit and my soul, which are already born again and one with God, will never die. I will never die. I will never die. Because I will live eternally with Christ. Now people who don't know Christ or people who will continue to sin and walk away from Christ or deny him, they will die. But it's worse than what happens to their body. And we're not going to get it. But it is, hell is horrible. This time somebody preaches that it, it's for really, really horribly bad. If you only accept Jesus Christ to not go to hell, it's still a good reason. But then live it. The Bible says some are snatched from the flamey fire. Some, some are barely saved. and sa So you better get yourself to the death. Do you know why the devil likes to have everybody not able to go and talk to people dying right now in our hospitals? Because too many people need to be snatched from the flames of fire. 
You better pray some nurses who know God get in there or doctors who know God get. This is a time for these nurses and doctors to be the most powerful ministers that those people have ever come in contact with. And you better be okay that you can say what God wants you to say. And if you lose your job, but somebody's soul gets saved, then God will get you another job. He may get you the whole hospital to run. I mean, it's a time for boldness and not a time to cower to what the devil's trying to do. Amen. It's a time to say, put them on the phone. I don't care. I'm talking to them. It's a time to release angels around them. It's a time not to back down. Guess what? It's a time your intellectual side can't do it, but your spirit man connected to the Holy Spirit, able to release angels can really, really, really go and do the will of God. Amen. That's the time we're living in. So, so the prophetic was a re I just wanted to get this really on tape really good one time and let you all really hear it so you know what's going on and why I don't jump up and down that I think we're out of here tomorrow and why I also don't think it's all over and, and, and I'm just showing you what he's taught me. So the prophetic, it's kind of exciting. Now think about it. You have people in your life, you understand fellowship, you understand the idea of, of church and pastors and that. You understand you must be born again. God lives in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You understand the word now. You know what he says about the enemy. You know what he says about spiritual warfare. You know what he says about the end times. You know what he says about living. You know what his letters say. You know how it's supposed to work. You know about the powerful times God intervened in history with Moses and with Elijah. And you understand all these things. You know about Jesus. You recognize who the Holy Spirit is. Now in the prophetic move, all of a sudden, you're really introduced to the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. And he begins to communicate with you. That's being prophetic. Amen. It's hearing God. That's what prophetic means. I'm hearing God. I'm walking with God. I'm moving into the supernatural things of God. Isn't that cool? God gets you all grounded in all these other things. If you aren't grounded in those other things, you better get grounded in those other things and not just run off in the prophetic. There are so many people thinking they're right with God. When they come before the Lord and he, and they're all like, God, I cast out demons in your name. I'm so cool. I prophesied in your name. Aren't I something? And he looks at them and he says, away from me, you work of iniquity. I don't know you. That's a real warning from Jesus Christ that you better do this thing his way. That you can't just hop on into the prophetic, have a great fun time. Oh, the worship was great because the worship is great. But so are some people think, still think hard metal concerts are great. You can't go to a hard metal concert and think it's great and compare that to Holy Spirit, us worshiping Holy Spirit and connect it with Holy Spirit and glorifying God with praise and worship. Some people out there, people don't know the difference. They know the words are better, praise God. Amen. We've got a lot of people, young people, delusional because we've not taught the whole word of God. I mean, I'm not going to say names, but I, I've had retreats and people thought doing pot every day. I'm talking about older people who thought they were all that in the things of God. We're doing pot every day. I'm like, how can you do pot every day and think you're okay with God? Well, it's an herb. I don't care. It's an illegal herb. And why do you need it every day? What's wrong with you? And they got saved for real. 
You don't think they were saved before? Oh, they, I, um, I'm not going to try to explain. But I sure wouldn't want to stand before God addicted to a drug that I needed every day and thought I was okay with him. Amen? He tells you all these things to put away. He includes witchcraft. Witchcraft is doing illegal drugs or anything for a high. He says, do not be drunk, but be full of the spirit. He's really clear about it. But the prophetic, a lot of the prophetic isn't because a lot of those people are drinking wine and getting drunk and all this stuff. I'm like, like, don't you drink? Yeah, I drink the new wine. I don't need the other. I don't even care about the other. I mean, if, if you see me high, I promise you. It's the most high God in me and nothing else in between. Amen? And that can happen. <laughs> There's nothing Satan has that he didn't steal from God and pervert it and do something with it to make you addicted and ruin your life. He, he can't create anything. He just looks to see what God has. How can we make that happen? Anyway, that's another teaching. So, so in the prophetic, it's awesome. If you read the word and believe the word, let me tell you this. If you leave the word of God because you got in the prophetic, you need to put on the brakes and get in the word of God. I cannot imagine life without the word of God. Amen. I cannot imagine life without the word of God. How exciting is it when Holy Spirit comes, when you're reading his word about you know, about the word with his Jesus name. He goes, this is the word made. He came and was flesh among you. I want you to understand him. I want you to know him. I want you to walk with him. And then you got this supernatural, powerful being called the Holy Ghost, who is God, teaching it to you and making it real to you and making the stories real to you and opening the heavens that you can talk right to the Father. How awesome is this thing we have called Christianity? But we need to recognize if God restores in a certain way, we need to begin to make sure that's happening in our churches. We need to make sure that's happening with our youth and with the people we counsel or disciple and minister to. We need to recognize you don't sit there and teach people how to have an encounter when you don't even know if they know the word. Because they're going to have an encounter, all right? They've probably been having encounters since they started watching demonic cartoons years ago. Now, where are we at? We are at the place right now of God wanting to pour out the apostolic. That's where we're at. We're at a place where the prophetic looks right pathetic. Because they're all arguing over their different parts. And the intellectual that took the place of the prophetic is really fighting now that anyone could be okay with a president who calls himself the former president. How can you not be okay with someone who first of all gave the right for us to preach anything we want back in the church without the government getting involved? I mean, no, God's given, can't shut up the real anyway. How many know that the most pro-life president in history since abortion ever happened is right now in Florida. The most pro-life, thou shall not murder. Thou shall not give your babies to bail. Okay? Then, the only president 
to do a prophetic, to, to actually fulfill so much prophecy, to put Jerusalem back uh, belonging to Israel and as the place everybody recognizes. That's prophecy, end time prophecy. Okay, those three things, all right? Let me see what else. Not to mention going to church himself, a non-denominational church. If you saw it, it was a spirit-filled church. To say that this nation belongs to God. To recognize that we can say Merry Christmas. To stop anything that tries to come against the reality that God made the male and female. I mean, we have never had such a Bible, whether he knows what he was doing or not, God does. Believing person putting in order what needs to be put in order in this nation. It's amazing. And then you have people in the body of Christ, really born again, with whatever wounded, upset that he tweets and sometimes says bad words. I'm going to tell you who is having a hard time with him. Those who've been bullied and hasn't gotten healed. Those who've been bullied because the, he calls himself the former president definitely had a bully spirit. But I look at the body of Christ after doing 20 years of inner healing and deliverance. And I think God maybe didn't work on that first on him. Just like he hasn't worked on many of you with your issues. Amen. I don't, he's barely saved. Barely saved, but listens to godly counsel. Not spirit filled yet, but this whole thing may help with that. And some prophecy said he would become that. Do you see what I'm saying? And y'all all want him to be, not have a, a temper problem with people who are trashing him non-stop. Trying to impeach him non-stop. Hating him non-stop. Lying about him non-stop. And you're upset. And we watch these prophetic voices upset because God, what about the character? Well, he didn't have an affair in the White House, but I remember other presidents who did. With very young people. I believe he walked through any scandal they could try to find. And him and his wife got through it. And I think it was by the grace of God. Talk about throwing stones all of a sudden. Lord have mercy. But does everybody get it? Even if he was a womanizer like we know there's been in the White House. And God is still using him for the furtherance of the gospel and to make a way for Israel and to do these things, it would still be better than the opposite? Amen? So I, I just really don't even get it, to be honest. I do get it. People need some healing. They need to be healed where they've been bullied. They need to be healed where their husband wasn't faithful, so they hear about this and they're all upset. You know what I mean? It's like Trump never ran as being a Christian, He wasn't trying to get elected as a Christian. He's trying to get elected as a businessman and a constitutionalist who wanted to give this nation uh, back to we the people. Amen? So anyway, so where's the church? So prophetically, God is shaking everything that can be shaken. 
Too many in the prophetic now think they're apostles. They think they're the new wineskin, though they're the last wineskin. I'll make a lot of friends with this. God's doing something new. He is doing an awakening. As many have said, it's a rude awakening. It's not that rude if you were already awake. But it's pretty rude if you weren't awake and you're still back in the move of the prophetic being restored and everything was a supernatural, powerful party with signs and wonders. Remember, when God started pointing out the signs and wonders with the shaking, with the uh, different manifestations of prophetic signs and wonders and, and different things happening, they were persecuted by the word of faith, by the teaching movement. God wouldn't do that. God, it's like, now God's restoring that. Now you've got a lot of them flowing and working together. Rodney Howard Brown, who's one of the first, he, the first time I ever got slain in the spirit was when Rodney Howard Brown prayed for me in a little dinky church. Um, it was a scary church, you guys. Y'all think this is small? There was like 10 people in that church. And they were scary. And one person was literally slittering up the aisle like a snake and nobody did anything. I'm thinking, this don't look right. I'm like super duper pregnant. And um, my sister's son was in uh, intensive care with given no hope to live. And I was about to have my third son or my third child I'll never forget it. And I wasn't laughing. Rodney Howard Brown was kind of the one God brought and others to, to begin to bridge from the word of faith message over to signs and wonders. And he had this really difficult calling that he would preach or even do communion and people would start laughing and laughing till you fell out of your seats. And God was restoring the joy of the Lord and healing the brokenhearted. But he was breaking tradition. And we all sat in those churches and most of those churches are still like that. And I remember, I didn't know about any of that. I didn't care about any of that. I just knew I heard there was somebody who believed in healing and he was at this little church and I wanted him to come and pray for my nephew. So little pregnant me, I look like a little whale. Like pregnant, pregnant. I went waddling in there. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's 10 people and they're scary. Like really scary, you guys. And then I'm sitting there and there's somebody going up the aisle like a snake. I'm like, that's really strange and nobody's doing anything. But I'm thinking, no, I want this person to come to the hospital and pray for my nephew. So I'm sitting there and, um, and I'm like, <clears throat> some people are when they first come in here, like, I'm not looking. This is strange, this and that. Although we don't, if you go, if you start slithering up the aisle here, we're going to take that devil out of you and you are going to leave without it. Amen. So just know it. I mean, I'm not, and if you need healing, we're going to take care of it. But whatever. This is where God had me go. Y'all think y'all had it rough. I was like, like, no, I'm believing for this. And that man called me out. Of course, it was only 10 people, so it went hard to see you, right? Like you, you pregnant lady who's not laughing. I was the only one not laughing. Everybody's like, ah, oh, fallen. Some of it was real, some of it wasn't. He's real, but that doesn't mean everybody entering in is real. And he says to me, what are you here for? No, first, no, he didn't say it. He said, you're here because you want me to go lay hands on that baby. And you think if I lay hands on that baby, that baby will be healed. But God says, you're going to see that baby healed. You believe. 
And he said, come up here because you want a double, you want a double portion. Now, I was just asking God for a double portion. I didn't even know what it was. See, when you're spirit led, you begin to ask God for things you don't even know what you're talking about. Because he's like, I'm going to give her a double portion. She's got to ask. Because he's an ass-seeking, he's an ass-seeking knock of God. He's not going to give you anything you don't ask for. Somebody, I never give anything. If God wants to give it to me, he will. No, he won't. He'll give you what you ask for. Because that's in his word. That's how he does it. He's an ass-seeking knock God. Well, I, if it's real, then no. You've got to seek. You've got to seek if it's real. You've got to go to some conferences. You've got to get into some teaching. You've got to say, Lord, if this is real, show me. You also got to know when he says, no, it's not, to run. Amen. He's not afraid to take you anywhere. Amen. He's taking me places where we flew all the way to somewhere, Rhode Island or something. They thought they were apostolic. It was the scariest thing in the world. Me and Nilo, Nilo, everything's okay with Nilo. Oh, it'll go just be good, just to be good. We're all sitting there. Oh my gosh, these people were crazy, like in control and you do what we say or this and that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you were scared if you said anything. And you're like, okay, I'm like, we are getting out of here. I don't care that we paid for a hotel. We drove this far. It's snow on the ground. I'm like, we're all like, we're getting out of here. Let's get out of here. They were, but you know, Lord, show me when I, he said, I wanted you to see how bad it's going to be when the counterfeit of the apostolic hits the church and people think they can tell you what to do, when to do it and how you're to do it for them. And it was unbelievable. And there were signs and wonders. People were shaking, falling out. It was, it was, it was like being in, in a horror movie. It was horrible. It was all the counterfeit of what God's going to restore in the apostolic, but all with a nasty, ugh, it was gross. I'm like, okay, I would have done better not seeing that, Lord. <laughs> it's like, we're, all, we're leaving now. Amen? Well, how did you miss it going? I'm not so sure I missed it going because God likes us to seek. He likes to take us on adventures. He likes to teach us. He knew I had discernment. Amen? And you're only going to get messed up by something that's messed up in your own heart, just so you know that. So ask God to deal with your heart. If you just want to be at the next big thing God's doing, then you might end up at the next big thing the devil's doing. Amen? The word counterfeit means it's countering, it's, it's imitating something real, but with the wrong spirit. Say, so anything you see in the counterfeit, there's something in the real, just so you know it. Satan can't create anything. Amen? So anyway... So in the prophetic, there's, there's this, right now, the prophetic looks like a gigantic mess if you're at, at all watching. Facebook is kind of fun with that because you can kind of see this one's upset with that one and you need to apologize and this one's upset and they're having their conference with this one after telling that one off and this one's upset with that and this. And, and you're sitting there going, oh my goodness, Lord, what, what is happening? Where is the love for one another? And the Lord's like, they see in part. And they've made their part the whole. What's going to happen, I believe, well, I know. When the apostolic comes, there's going to be powerful people who love God, sold out, not doing it for money. God's just chose them. They're nothing special. He just chose them. And he's going to give them a heart to have the plumb line, which is the word of God. And they're going to recognize what goes with the word of God and what doesn't go with the word of a God. But they're going to have discernment to know what spirit's operating. And they're going to be powerful to bring this all together. And they're going to see the different parts and not think they have all the parts. They're going to recognize they would go to 
Paul and say, this is happening over here. And Paul would take that to the Lord and say, that's not God or that is God or be careful of that. That's evil. And he, he had a gifting in the apostolic to say what is really of God? What isn't of God? How does this work? The whole time, humbly keeping your eyes on Jesus. Amen. The whole time knowing that God is going to take care of his people. I, I just want to wake everybody up. God's really cool with how he's doing all this. Amen. God's cool with the whole thing. God's cool that Satan's allowed to be down here or, or the devil, Lucifer, whatever name he's going by in the day he's attacking you. Amen. God's cool with that. If he wasn't, he wouldn't have let him come down here. Right. God is cool with people making a free will choice. He's not going to make us all follow him. He's not going to make anybody follow him. There were people. Think about it. They heard him. They saw him. Right. They saw how awesome he was. They saw how he also rebuked religious people and, and rebuked hypocrites. And they all turned on him, almost all, when the government turned on him. When they started to twist things and falsely accuse him. Persecute. These were the same people. That we're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Jesus, Lord, yay, woohoo. Just like weeks before. And now they're all in agreement with the devil attacking them. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Can I just say this right now to those in the prophetic, anywhere else? Quit saying crucify about everybody. Leave it alone. Deal with you. Deal with your heart. Let God change your heart. Try to see the parts that are right. Thank you, God, for people with PhDs who study the word and really know the renewed mind and what you were saying in the history. Praise God. But thank you, God, for people who just flow with the Holy Ghost and learn from the Holy Spirit and he's their teacher. It's like, Lord, I want to appreciate everything you are doing. And I look, I discern the anointing, but I look at the fruit of that person's life. I look at the fruit of their early life. I look at the fruit of their change and maturing. Now, if somebody gets to a point where they're really mature and it's all about God and all of a sudden it starts going the other way, that's the time to quit listening to them. When it becomes about them and not about him, right now in history, I'm telling you where we are. We are at the conclusion of the restoration or, or let me say the transitioning from the prophetic to the next thing God wants to bring which is the apostolic and every time there's this kind of transition it's really messy because the last thing God restored wants to be the big thing and they don't want to humble themselves before what God's about to do amen and how many knows what he's about to do doesn't look like what he just did And the people he uses might not have as many PhDs and doctorates and all the kind of things. They may not have the kind of money in the fancy buildings and some of the things that really happened in the prophetic. The prophetic had a pretty big flow of finances going through it for the most part. And so God's going to do what God's going to do. Amen. So he's letting, he's letting the people of God, especially the prophetic people, Remember, prophetic, when I say prophetic, they hear God, they experience God, they, they get into the deeper teachings of God. They're not just in the elementary teachings. They've entered into the meat, amen? And so they really taste and see how good he is. They, they recognize the power of the ages to come. They're 
pretty much wanting to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's an, it is a really fun place to be, just so you know. As long as you keep your love about Jesus, you keep your first love, as long as you take those things in the book of Revelation where he rebukes those churches and you go and check those things out, as long as you stay in the word and let your heart be sanctified by the Holy Spirit, put these things off. Don't continue with anger issues and then act all spiritual. You know, get these things right. He says, go to somebody. If you offended them, make it right before you come in. And we're trying to tell people you can go in no matter what. You cannot. You can't go in to the deep things of God without recognizing he wants to purify your heart and clean your hands. And this is where people are missing it, this sloppy grace stuff where, where everybody can do the same and walk in the same. I'm not saying you have to be in God for a long time as I was moving into this stuff years ago. But it does mean if I'm moving into this stuff and I'm having encounters with God that are real, I've never had an encounter with God yet that I haven't repented or seen something in my heart he wanted changed. And I have an encounter with God almost every day. And I'm always saying, oh God, get that out. Oh God, change that. How could you have so much bad stuff in your heart? People, we have bad stuff in our hearts. And we got a generations of kids who haven't even been in school. They'd rather play, their parents let them play sports instead of going to church. And they're not even being taught the basics and they're not understanding the supernatural things. And you actually think that their hearts are all that and they're going to enter into these deep things overnight and not get messed up in it unless they have pastors in their lives and, and really are born again by evangelists and really have teachers who help to teach them and really see the need for entering into the prophetic in the way God set it up to happen. Amen. And then the apostles. The apostles are coming. Now here, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what's going on. All right, I'm telling you what's going on. Everybody wants to know, I'm telling you what's going on. Satan doesn't want the apostles to come. With the apostles comes power. In other words, when the apostles really get here, not what people are calling apostle today. The apostles today are just overseers of more than one or two ministries. And it's awesome what they're doing. And maybe they'll get apostolic power. But apostles are going to do the works Jesus did and greater works. Apostles are going to see the entire, they're going to have meetings where the entire place gets healed. Just like Jesus. The entire place gets healed. They're going to turn cities upside down with their power and their teaching and the power of God. And they are going to be persecuted and hated because every devil everywhere is going to get upset with them. Okay, so Satan knows if he can successfully get the Bibles out of the hands of the people, because he's been pretty successful of getting the kids out of church. He's been pretty successful of letting us live for our idols and our luxuries and not really caring about the gospel. So he set us up for this. Amen. So he's like, now if I can just make a mockery of anybody who walks with God, who moves in the power and the supernatural, if I can just help to race that from their children's thinking and their grandchildren's thinking, if I can just help them to just put that away intellectually. How can anybody put away intellectually that my son was instantly healed from permanent brain damage when the devil attacked him with chicken pox? Instantly healed. How can you just put away that doctors told me to my face that he wouldn't be over four feet tall, he would probably be blind and he'd have diabetes and all these things because of the meds and he doesn't have any of those and he's six foot tall. 
See, I'm over trying to let time take away what God has done. See, I have walked through too much supernatural things and power of God to for one minute buy the lies of the enemy that God is not powerful, a deliverer, and able to do whatever he wants when he wants to do it. And I'm not letting the intellectual PhD uh, doctors and prophets and whatever they are with their good understanding of the Bible and history try to limit what God is going to do in 2021. 22, 23, 24, and until the time that God says, come up here, and he closes the door. Amen? Remember the ark. I'm just getting this right now. He said it's going to be as the days of Noah when he returns. Do you know what happened? It took him, 100, I think, 120 years to build that ark. 120 years to prepare, but it was already the days of Noah. It was already the days of Noah, but it took 120 years of persecution of him building an ark, which had been almost impossible in that time and age, to supernaturally trust God to bring in two of each of the animals and get the whole thing done. And then to close the door for something called rain they'd never seen before because God told them to. And they looked foolish for 120 years and everybody laughed and said, what are they doing? They're ridiculous. They all time trying to evangelize, the whole time trying to get people to come along and, and be a part of it. And then the door closes and they hear this water hitting this big boat and people screaming probably for their lives as they all drowned. And God protected them in the ark when he closed that door. So I'm going to tell you this. I don't care where we get in the end times. We will be protected from the wrath of God by the power of God. He's not going to pour out his wrath on his own kids. That'd be like catching a, a house on fire because there's some evil people in there. But you know your kids are in there too. There's nobody's going to light that match. So we need to see who God really is and the nature of God and what he's doing. We are in this season to cry out repentance. We are in this season to get the church right. We are in this season to see a mature bride come forth without spot or blemish who loves God, who reveals that she is part of his body and his body recognizes they need each other and his body moves together led by the Holy Spirit to be different in a world full of darkness and not be okay with darkness but recognize some people are going to choose darkness. They're going to choose darkness even after a thousand years of perfect reigning of Christ on the earth. Get rid of thinking everybody's going to want Jesus. A lot of people don't want him. But the key isn't do they want him or not want him. The key for us is are we revealing him? How are we revealing him? Because it's not, I don't want them to not want him because they don't like my personality. I don't want them to not want him because I'm legalistic. And I make you think you're going to hell and God will never forgive you. See, the reason God's going to have this perfected bride or this mature church who reveals him like he is, not this, not this over, there's such a picture presented by some of the prophetic that's true, that, he's a, that he loves us. That, that he, he, you know, he's, he's kind, he's fun, he's good, fun to be, that's true. But there's that other side of him. There's the, there's the severity of the Lord. 
There's God who says, you better quit mocking me. There's God who says, it's not okay for you to be doing this to who I sent you to lead this nation. There's a God, there's a God. He's all over the old covenant, amen? But he's also in the book of Revelations, amen? And you actually see him in the apostles. You actually see them watching someone go blind when they say go blind. Watching Ananias and Sapphira drop dead. Are you ready for the apostolic? Is the church ready? People come in during the apostolic power of God who've heard how really it's not, not people who haven't heard. Just so you know, God is just, amen? God is just. If somebody walked through those doors full of sin or they've never heard deep teaching and they aren't convicted of a sin, he's not gonna take somebody down like he did Ananias and Sapphira right in a church service unless he's tried to convict them first. So, of course, if somebody isn't even born again, that's not going to happen. And we don't want that to happen. We don't want people to drop dead and go to hell. Amen. Amen. We want them saved. But God's going to have a church and a people who know him and walk with him. You can't fake this. He's got to make it happen. And right now, where we are in history is God is showing, quote, the mature church who thinks she's got it all together. You are not that mature and you do not have it all together. You need to hear me. You need to get rid of your spirit of error. You need to get rid of your wrong doctrine. You need to get, understand your essential. And this isn't just about, can I still keep the finances coming in on my Zoom call? This is about getting his heart for his body. This is about getting his heart for his people coming together to reveal who he is. That's where we're at. And Satan... Satan knows because he did it. He did it in the dark ages. He stopped all that power. He put everything behind when he took away the Bible and made a religion. Right now we need to be praying for God to shake everything that can be shaken and shake the intellectual Christian. Shake the intellectual Christian. So this isn't about what their brain knows and how they think God works. This is about what his word says and how God can use your brain to 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 verbalize that, how he can use your brain to understand that. But spirit first, spirit first, amen? So right now, this is where we're at. We got part of the church thinking it's the end times. And that's why I didn't show those videos this morning. This is not the appointed time. How do you know? Because the bride is so not ready. The bride's not ready. It's a prophecy. It's not even close to being fulfilled. It needs, the apostolic has not been restored. We haven't seen the latter rain. We haven't seen the greater works. We haven't seen something that's going to amaze us. Amen? We've seen signs and wonders. We've seen the supernatural. We've seen him shaking. We've seen his love. We've seen encounters. Those who've gone there, a lot of people are saying, wherever you are on this path, get on the path and start running. Running towards what he's doing now. It's never too late to start running. You only run a race against yourself. That's why a new baby can come in. They're right in the race. But when they come in, help them run the whole race. Get rid of the pride that they're so far ahead in the race. I'm not saying guys are doing things quick. It has to do with hunger, not years. How hungry are you for Jesus? How hungry are you to be uh, dead to self and alive in Christ? How hungry are you? I mean, I'll just be honest. You've got these kids going to these meetings. Praise God, I'm glad they're going to the meetings. And they're saying, oh, I'll give you everything, God. That was awesome. And then they're going home and fornicating. 
because it's okay with the culture. Well, something's wrong with that kind of mentality that you just think you had an encounter with a holy, powerful God who knows what everything is about and that you can run home and sin and act like it's okay and there's no conviction. And, and something's wrong, people. Something's wrong. And I'm not just saying that sin. I'm saying any sin. That you can go out afterwards and hit the bars. It, this does, that's not what it's about. It's also not about legalism. Well, because you did that. It's about a heart. Are you really hungry for God and the Holy Spirit and him changing you into his likeness? Because that looks like something. You can't ever earn your way into an encounter. And God is awesome. Remember, God gave Paul a Damascus Road encounter when Paul was murdering Christians. But guess what? Paul really wanted the true and living God. So God said, hey, Paul, here I am. And guess what a real encounter does to someone in blatant sin? It scares them. <clears throat> a real encounter wakes you up to say, it's time to turn to God. It's time to turn to God. It's time to realize he's real. See, when I encounter him, I know how real he is. And there needs, there should be a reverence fear. Now, when I say, are you afraid of him? I am afraid. How do you say this? I have a reverent fear that he's my protector. I have a reverent fear that he is the one that I'm hidden in. I have a reverent fear that without him, Satan would love to take me out. And he can't take me any too far. I get to go to heaven, so I'm not that concerned about that. But the truth is, the greatest fear I have, and this is a healthy fear. I don't want to get out of God's will because I love him and I want to be with him and I don't want to be deceived and I don't want to be in something that's not him. I only want the Holy Spirit. So those people who've been bullied or hurt or had parents who are abusive and you see fear is connected with punishment. I'm not afraid of being punished by God. Jesus took my punishment. But I don't want to live a life not in his will, not with him. Because I like, I love him and I like him too. I don't want to leave this walk. I don't want to go into deception. I'm not afraid of going into deception because I know I'm letting God change my heart it's time we teach some real word people so where are we at God is showing the church if she'll see you're not one body yet they'll know me by your love for one another they don't know me because you don't have love for one another your pride makes you think you see the whole thing and truthfully each of you just have a part and you need each other and you need those parts you need to see those parts and guess what you don't have power you're not walking in apostolic power. The power is not there. The being led of my spirit in such a way to bring all this together is not yet happening on planet earth. You got independent spirits. You don't submit to one another. You don't recognize true apostolic authority. There's no reverence. And here, let me say, God's not upset with that. He knows it can't happen until he restores. Okay, he's not like, oh, gosh, to me, God's so mad. I read something. God's going to be so mad at the church. He's not mad at the church. He's in charge of all this. He knows we can't do it until he does an outpouring. 
of his apostolic restoration. He knows it. He's not going, oh, what do I do? How do I help them? He's like, I need them to ask for my help. I need them to seek my help. I need them to knock for an outpouring of my spirit. Not just go and have another concert, which is fine. Let me say this. I am not against anything Holy Spirit is doing and his anointing is there. Amen. Does everybody get that? I'm not criticizing it. I'm not against it. I'm yay for it. Everybody do everything that you can led by God. That's where we need to be. Amen. I'm just putting this out there. What is next is not here yet. And we have to be hungry for it. We have to seek it. We have to want it. Amen? That's our part. And that's what he's trying to get us to. Amen? That's what he's trying to get us to. He's trying to get us to see all your leaders in their elitist club called covering cannot take my place in doing this. They cannot take my place in doing this. When are you going to realize they cannot take my place in doing this, that something is missing? The something that is missing is the apostolic outpouring of the Holy Spirit producing real apostles with a heart after God and only after God, building only his kingdom, not their own, not concerned with money, not concerned with fancy things, concerned with the people being connected to the headship of Jesus Christ and being mature in Christ. Does everybody get that? That's, the, he's waiting for the whole church in here. So if, if we have, um, if he has to show us that if my people called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then God will hear our prayers and heal our land. So he's not asking you, you know, before, quote, the, uh, the November day, Everybody was repenting for everybody else's sin. People were repenting for abortion who never had an abortion. Come on, people, find your own sin. Find your own sin. How, mm, anyway, are we so perfect that God cannot yet point out a sin to you? It's like, Lord, like, they don't even know what humble themselves. They think if they pray, it's humble. Why would he say humble yourself and pray if they were the same thing? Humbling yourself means, God, what's, why is this happening? What's wrong with me? What's going on? God, help. What, what needs to happen next? God, I don't get this. Show me. That's humbling yourself. Humbling yourself is getting before God and saying, show me in your word. Teach me your ways. Let me hear. Show me, God. That's humbling yourself. What does it mean? It means my dependency is on you, God. Pride is your dependency is on you. The entire covering doctrine is a prideful doctrine. We'll hear God for you. Just do what we tell you. And they're all fighting each other right now. <laughs> because everybody's not following their part. Not all of them. There's some who are really humbling themselves. There's a lot who are really saying, what is God doing? What's going on? What's going to happen? I don't get what's going on. True humility right now would say, I don't get what's going on. And then Lord has shown me what's going on because he showed me I didn't know how he was going to do it. But I always would say, God, how are you going to get people to want to hear that there's something more that's coming that doesn't look like what's now, but it's going to bring it all together? How are you going to get anybody to hear that when they already think they're there? And Lord would just laugh. He goes, don't worry, I know how to do it. And then I'm looking at 2020. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's doing it. And then when 2021 
rolls around, oh my gosh, he's doing it. He's shaking everything that needs to be shaken in the church, not the world. In the church. So if you haven't gone through any shaking, you need to go spend some time with God. Or what about me? Where do you want me next? What are you doing? So, so, so let me tell you, two scenarios we're looking at now, they're both very real. If the church does not get this, if the church does not humble herself, if the church does not seek him, if the church, seek his face, people, seek his face, as I want to know you, God, I want to just know you. I want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to have my relationship through my pastor. I don't want to have my relationship through the evangelist, through the apostles, through the prophet, through the teacher. I want to have my own relationship with you, though I recognize according to your word and your spirit, those are gifted by you as a gift to me to help me connect with your headship. And I need them. Or you wouldn't have put them there. You wouldn't have put it in your word. I can't be out doing this by myself because you didn't set it up like that. Amen? And so right now, God, this is the place we're in. This is the place that I don't like because I'm not, it depends on what the church does. So personally, here's what you should be doing. Humbling yourself. What is that? It looks like spending time alone crying out to God. Asking God for answers. Asking God to change your heart. Asking God to show you where you've become too comfortable with something he doesn't want you comfortable with. It may have you going to a meeting you weren't used to going to. It may have you doing this. It may have you coming to church and not just watching on the web even though that's been your new habit. God knows what he's doing. He wants to humble you. Then he, he says this. Humble yourself. Seek his face people. Don't seek leaders. Don't seek elitists. Don't seek the next prophet. Don't seek anything but his face. What does it mean to seek his face? It means I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to know him. I want to walk with him. I want to experience him. I want to taste and see how good he is. I want to belong to him. I want this God who died for me to be real in my life and in charge of my life and leading me. That's seeking his face. If my people come by my name, would humble themselves, seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Guess what? Can everybody get? Newsflash. If you humble yourself and seek his face, you will see your wicked ways. Just like Isaiah. I'm an unclean person. I have unclean lips. All of a sudden, the things you're watching, you'll recognize are idols or the things you're saying or the way you feel about somebody or the way you feel about this. All of a sudden, you'll get it. You got some wicked ways to turn from. The whole church has to go through real sanctification, Holy Spirit-led sanctification and healing and deliverance. Most of the church hasn't done that. They've gone through some programs. Thank God for those. They're Holy Spirit-led. Yay. But God's like, God's like saying, I got to put you all in the fire to get rid of everything that's not pure. Amen. We've been in the fire for years. Praise God. So it's not that difficult to handle what's going on. Amen. It's really not even bothersome. But it brings up some things. So you say, okay, God, help me with this. Help me to see this. Help me to get past this. Let me lay down my idols. Amen. So this is what God's looking for. He's looking for us to humble ourselves. Seek his face. That's a big one. Turn from our wicked ways. Repent, really repent. Turn from our wicked ways. Our ways of not making him our first love. Our ways of not being who he would have us to be at our workplace, as a parent, whatever, whatever, as a spouse, whatever. It's a process. This is all a process. This isn't a weekend retreat. Amen? 
And then, when we turn from our wicked ways, we do say, he's going to heal our land. Now, I'm believing he can do that quicker than putting us through horrific, horrific times of, of undoing so much that God has done. Amen? But that depends on God's people. Now, here's the enemy. The enemy wants to bring us into the dark ages, which means he wants to take this so far that they take our Bibles and call us haters. He wants to take this so far that you don't have jobs. He wants to take this so far that you can't have a sphere of influence. He wants to put the church in America underground. It is not God's will. Ho! It is not God's will. We are not in the last days, because the very last of the last days. We're in the days of trouble, but... And we're in the book of Revelation, but we're not at the place where he's about to take us out. Amen. There is no bride yet to take out to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Because his idea of the bride, he knows how many people have to be in it. He knows how it may only have to be half the body. I'm just telling you based on a parable he has. But he knows. He knows. All right. So here's the two. Here, here are the three these are, well, two. There are two scenarios right now. There's two, this, this, can, this is real. This is two places this can go. And it's up to the church, not God. Which is a very sad thing. <laughs> Amen. This is up to the church, the born again believers, not God. That's why, of course, he's going to have prophets saying the part who have faith of what he wants to do. And then he's going to have those who are intellectually saying what we need to do in the natural. Do you understand what I'm saying? Satan wants to take us into the dark ages. What does it mean? Take our Bibles, shut us up, don't let us educate our children, persecute us. Just look at China. There will be a remnant of a church that remains, but they won't be light. Not for a while. It could grow really big if they get strong in God and start doing all these things. Amen. But it's going to slow everything down for who knows how many, how many years. If everything is totally taken, we may have to go all the way back and start the whole restoration process again. Which could take hundreds of years. Amen. If you belong to him, you'll be okay. You'll be hidden in him. He'll somehow feed you. He'll take care of you. You'll be persecuted for righteousness sake. So you'll have a lot of power on you. But I believe it's God's will to keep a light shining for the freedoms and liberty. Amen. And to protect Israel. Amen. That's his will. What are we going to do? If we just shut up and pretend this isn't happening, we're not helping. Amen. If we don't go to church and we just stay home and all excited about Zoom, then we're not helping. If we decide not to be bold, we're helping the enemy to silence us. Amen. We need to vote. We need to do everything we can do in the natural. Amen. And I'm glad there's prophets who see that and can help organize that. I'm glad God's raising up leaders who can help organize that. Amen. I'm glad we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray with this whole Supreme Court thing coming up. We need to pray for these things. We need to take that serious. Not just hidden knowledge prayers, but powerful prayers. Amen. Right. We need to really do the warfare now as if you're really fighting uh, for something important because you are. All right, and all, that's where we're at. Does everybody get where we're at now? Now, God's plan is that all this comes together and the church awakes 
and she gets hungry for God and she begins to see her need for one another and she begins to uh, hit the mark, whatever he's made that mark, that he will then come and restore our nation as a place to uh, teach the gospel, to take the gospel to the nations, of a place of freedom for worship, a place that we've experienced in a small part while we allowed darkness to grow. He wants to destroy that darkness. God doesn't want things to go back to 2019. He wants things to enter into a brand new place where this nation shines for God, where God has shaken, where there's an outpouring of his spirit and there's too many saved people to even think about having an abortion. There's too many really saved, on fire, loving God people to even begin to steal a vote. How can you steal a vote if there's nothing but believers who, who recognize what God is in and what he's not in? Amen? And so God wants to shake everything that can be shaken. God wants to take the transference of wealth. How does he do that? He takes the money from those who are giving it to people who are trying to destroy our freedoms and close down the church. And he raises up platforms of people who are about liberty and justice for all and who are okay with pure messages. And then all that money goes to them. That's over 78 million and plus. Over half this nation, over half this nation is not about the, de the demonic happening. And so right now, people who are smart and people who have businesses and people who know what they're doing, we should pray for that, right? We should pray for that. Do you see all the things we should pray for? We should pray that somebody come, all these things we see counseling culture, all these things, I'm sure we're going to get good on this one. All these things we see closing things down, right? We should be praying that somebody with the ability and the gifting and the finances moves in and raises up righteous people in those positions. Guess what? Transference of wealth that everybody talks about as an end time prophecy. Doesn't mean you get a bigger car. <sighs> a fancier house. It means God's going to take all the money that is now, whew, this is good, that is now feeding the demonic darkness in our nations and the nations of the world. He's going to take with the shaking. Well, we're going to cancel you. Go ahead. Transfer that all money over here to some righteous person who loves God, who will tithe, who will give, who will help build the church and who will do what God wants them to do and who will stop pornography from ever being on there or anything unclean. Amen. Not saying only Christians. We want to have a place where people can be ministered to, where people can be evangelized. Amen? Yeah. See, God, God's got this big transference happening, people. If we wake up and quit fighting each other. But it's okay, we can fight each other. We're just showing how ridiculous we are. Amen? So God is doing this. Anybody who thought the transference of money was so that their ministry would be loaded and they could have big fancy stuff, just get seats, okay? Get heating, air conditioning, and some seats and be thankful. Quit wasting money on, on, oh, if all you're trying to do is drawing people have to have something fancy, then you're wasting money. We need to get to the nations. We need to save the nations. We need, you know what? The church would help the poor. The globalists couldn't be sitting there using it as their way to try to uh, make the church look bad and they look good. Anyway, there's some. 
The church, the church needs to be shaken, okay? Does everybody agree that we need to be shaken? We need to be shaken and we need to get compassion and we may actually have to start taking care of each other in some of this, amen? And we need to get to the place to do what God wants while he's shaking everything that can be shaken. God is putting his, we are on God's shaking machine. <laughs> it's like the devil doesn't shake. The devil comes and sifts and destroys. God shakes, so we're shaking. Now, God's desire is that we begin to move into the apostolic. And I believe when we have um, Robin Bullock here, and I really believe he's an apostolic voice. Amen? And if you've not ever heard someone who preaches like me, get ready to hear somebody who preaches like me. Amen? And really, no, he pronounces the words right and just has so much more knowledge, if you want to say, of the Old Testament. Amen. And a, a heart burning with boldness that God would do what God wants to do. So his whole team is coming. It's going to be so much fun. God has got some true apostolic voices raising up. Some of them need some shaking because there's still too much in covering and there's still too much in building their own kingdoms. And don't get caught up in what's not good. Get caught up in what God is doing. But be careful. Just because they're coming forth apostolically with new voices doesn't mean they've gone through all the shaking God wants them to go through. Amen. You never follow a person. You follow the Holy Spirit who will lead you to what church you're supposed to be a part of, to what ministries you're supposed to be a part of. I'm just going to say this. God's not going to call you out of a church that he's established to start one and then name it after the person trying to start it. That's just covering. It's very, I'll be honest, it's very divisive. Now, if you live somewhere where there's absolutely no church teaching pr truth at all, I still think God's going to put you in there to bring some light. Amen. So let's, you can have Bible studies, you can have group, but don't, we can't try to grow churches without the fivefold ministry. I'm just saying it. We're, we can't get away from God's word to build our own kingdoms. Amen. We need to pray for people's hearts to be dealt with. Why are you trying to build your kingdom? This isn't about your kingdom. I know, you may be anointed. And, and I'm just going to say this too. You need the plumb line of God's word. Don't build Amen. what you believe on somebody's experience in heaven. Amen. Okay. And there's a lot of people doing that. Not just one or two. Okay. I don't care what you saw in heaven at all if you can't show it to me in the word and make it part of what God's doing. Amen? Because you're opening yourself up to follow a person and their revelations that they can't necessarily back with the word. Now, a lot of them are backed with the word. When they're backed with the word, then fine. But people get it. Everybody's human with God in them and everybody sees in part. And if anybody starts to think they of themselves have the whole and they're not even looking for what God is doing anywhere else. There is a pride issue that's gotten in. You need to pray because pride will bring destruction, which will bring a fall. Amen? Amen. And I'm not judging. It would be very difficult to go from this and God blessing so much quickly. So who is preaching the word without a spirit of error and not based on mm, Paul barely talks in scripture about his revelations in heaven. Amen. And even then he won't even say he's the one who had them. Why? Because he wants to base what you learn on what the Holy Spirit taught through Jesus Christ. Amen. He wants to base what you learn. He wants your foundation to be on what Jesus Christ himself taught. I'm telling you. 
So you just need to really, 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 if you don't hang on to the plumb line, the true apostles that the God's going to lift up are going to be all about the word of God and the plumb line. All about it. Because otherwise, who knows? Okay, maybe they had a visitation, but maybe the others aren't a visitation. And maybe it was real, but maybe now it's not. How do you know? How do you know when somebody walks over into delusion? How do you know? Because it's not based on the word and it's not about Jesus Christ. It's about them. It shouldn't be about them. I have so many stories. I have so many powerful supernatural stories. Almost nobody even knows them. Almost never even share them. Because I'm not trying to get you to look at me. I want you to look at Jesus. I want you to have your own encounters. I want you to know his word more than you know anything else. Amen? And I'm not knocking anything else, guys. Let me, I'm, mm. I don't want to hear from a Satanist how darkness works. I want to hear from the Holy Spirit according to God's word how to fight. I've never had to listen to a Satanist to destroy the devils attacking this place or my own life. We got to get rid of itchy ear preaching. Anybody can get off track. I don't see when they converted the uh, magician in scripture, them then giving him a voice to come and share. I don't care. The Bible says we're not to know the deep secrets of darkness. That's what the Bible says. I remember the church got into that way, way back during spiritual warfare. And there were some people, I won't say their names, that people were reading. And you would read that stuff and you would get so afraid. Like, oh my gosh, they do all that. You know, if, you're, if you come in here, for, first of all, I know everybody comes in with devils in them, okay? So I'm okay. God's bigger. He'll set people free. Amen? Yay. I think the truth will set you free. And we've, had, we've really had Satanists come in before. We had one really come in and try to take over. It was pretty funny, actually. And, the, and we all went through the little ride we had to go through to break it up. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. If someone talks more about their past as a Satanist than as their, feud, as their now as a Christian, because I had something, mm, just because you overcame something big doesn't now qualify you to teach. The thing I love about Paul I. He was totally uh, in, in black magic. He was totally in demonic black magic. You, he has tattoos all over his body. He covers them. Um, he, he so, he so um, hates that he had all those demonic tattoos. And he went to a meeting. I think it was Reinhard Bonnke, but I'm not sure. And he tried to curse them. And, he, and this man could curse people anywhere. And he couldn't. And he ran up and bowed down before God. And then he went to prison for his beliefs. He went through suffering for his beliefs. He really, 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 really did not get a platform until he had suffered for Christ and had, had really, really repented. And, and the whole time he's learning to walk in love and to walk in power. And he never, ever, ever, I've never heard him once talk about the black magic he operated in. You wouldn't even know it unless you just happened to read his book. Or he'll, he may say it for one line. Because all he focuses on is the power of God. Remember, when they train a bank teller, they never ever have them have counterfeit money. They learn to just go with real money. And then what happens, if they ever hit counterfeit, they know it feels different and they pull it out. They don't study the counterfeit. They don't try to figure out the counterfeit. 
Amen? So let's stay biblical. Let's stay biblical. Don't get your eyes on any person, even me. Not that y'all would anyhow, but you know what I'm saying? Just like, Lord, and what, what's the main thing I preach? Look at what God's doing everywhere. We need each other. We need what he's doing. I want to see what he's doing there, but I don't think they got it all. I want to see what he's doing there. I don't think they've got it all. I don't know. I don't have it all. That's why I'm looking to see what's he doing everywhere else. Amen. And then, so God, Satan wants to put us in dark ages. How would he do that? Take our Bibles, shut us up, not let us communicate. How many see this happening in America? Amen. Stop us from being able to travel. Shut us up. Keep us out of churches. Don't let us gather. Don't let us worship. My gosh, Satan is moving really fast. Let's pray the church wakes up and starts doing what God wants her to do. Amen. You need to do what you're called to do. If the church would do what she's called to do, we will go into the apostolic. We will go into a time of power of God being poured out, healings, revival, an outpouring on this nation where we don't even have to worry. They won't even be able to find enough people to vote the wrong way. Even if they add thousands to it, they won't be able to even find it because there'll be a holy people rising up who will take back this nation for God and what he wants this nation to be. Amen? And so, so that's where we're at. Does it, did that help anybody? I, I wanted to get all this on a teaching anyway. Because I want you to see God has this apostolic latter rain, greatest outpouring, biggest move, harvest that's coming. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how long it's going to take. Amen. So, so get rid of anybody saying they know how long anything is. All right. We don't know. We got to go by what we know that we know. We know the bride's not ready. Does everybody agree? Okay, so that prophet, the bride has to be in tune with the Holy Spirit in unity and say, come now. Lord Jesus. That's when he comes, not sooner. Amen? Amen? Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.